0: Welcome to worship here at the table at Central United Methodist Church. We want to move right into worship, and we'll do that with song. This is our music team sharing a song called Open Up by the Brilliance. This is where we ended last Sunday and where we will move into worship this day. So I invite those of us in the sanctuary to stand as you're willing and able and to move together in song. i uh... invite us to continue to move in worship and to take a breath and we're going to move together into prayer which comes to us in the form of a poem written and shared this week by Chloe McKellie. So I just invite you to breathe and center in God's heart as we pray together.
1: Brother, we shared a city but lived realities apart. You found the lens and me words both making art? Did you live in the glow of sunsetting rays, stepping on that wheeled board to feel freedom and grace? I'll wear earthy hues and often feel afraid when it comes to free-flowing tricks, letting go to be embraced. And I am white, and you were black, a man and a father, and in ways I'll never know, was it this that made it plausible? for the unspeakable that has to be spoken because here we are again and again and again and again and again and I want to hide in the shadows because what can be said when it all feels so empty, so untrue, that will stop killing those of us who live? Hypocrite. I want to scream mostly when looking at me. Breathe, baby girl, breathe. That's not the way of peace. It starts much smaller, I believe, like capturing sunlight on film transfixed by colors the world can't see. It's like dropping a flip phone in water because all that stuff doesn't matter. Or lighting up the room with warmth and compassion. And so I'll practice welcome. Welcome to my fear and my emptiness and my detachment and my anger and to my deep sadness and my disbelief and my disgust and my self-loathing, and welcome to our lament and our tears and to that knot in my stomach and to feeling so incapable problematic in this mess as I know it. I welcome you here because if I don't, I'll turn from this man I never got to know. Welcome, brother and our realities apart, in my privilege and my safety and my breaking heart. Thank you for your pictures. They are something beautiful for your vision and sight, for your kindness, for trying, for loving the people in your life. We both shared a city. We both loved art. We both adored Mama's cooking, and this is just a start. In all our difference, I want to say, I wish I had been brave enough to know you because Some things are much the same.
2: The only way out is through but the yeah. only way
3: I miss you all, by the way. (laughs) Welcome. My name is Sarnit Prasad, and I am our Sunday morning coordinator here at the table. We are grateful to be together this morning as we conclude our three weeks worship series, reflecting upon the Sermon on the Mount through the lens of Father Richard Rowe. As you guys have walked in this morning, would have seen a vehicle parked from this side on the left, coming in on your right. Um, we are collecting canned food this morning with our kitchen table leaders, and we'll be taking to the South Sacramento Inter South Sacramento Interpa- Interfaith Partnership Food Closet. <laughs> And thank you for all for reaching out in love. And that's what love is all about sharing and caring for others and yourself too. For those of us gathering online at table.life, Chloe is with you as our host this morning. Please message her in the chat if you have questions or need assistance. Today's bulletin is available with a QR code for those in the century, and a link will be shared for those online. If you would like to learn more about our community of faith, please text the word NEW to the number on the screen. When I was here, and I would I'd see this number on the screen, and I would say, what does this happen? What, what's going on in the back end? So at the back end, it goes through a system and it connects you with our pastors, our community leaders, and everybody. And then when you sign up, you'll get a link and then you can sign up for hospitality, you can sign up for weekly um, newsletters that we get. So that's what this number is for, for you to connect with us and everybody here. When you're ready to connect with others and learn more about the table, our co-pastors lead a series called Growing in Faith, which is designed to help newcomers learn more about how we share life here at the table. Our next Growing in Faith series will be held on Sunday evening and will begin on February 26th. Learn more and sign up online at tableumc.org. I invite you to stand as you're willing and able and to join your voice together with our music team, which leads us in Guide My Feet.
4: Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Lisa Wegley, and I serve on the administrative board. My focus is around sustainability. What does that mean? It means that I get to explore ways with you and with other church leaders on how we can expand and grow this amazing ministry that we're all doing together. Okay, I would like all the young children to stand up. If you're a young child, stand up all right so you guys are going to get to move to the center and we've got the musicians playing some great walking hopping skipping music and you guys are going to follow your leaders on upstairs to godly play awesome so godly play is our ministry with children on sunday mornings designed for children in elementary school storytellers share stories from the scripture and invite children to wonder about the mystery and love of God. We also have some loving and professional care for our youngest of the children, and that's back in the A-frame towards the back there, and it's all during worship service. All right, I think they've made their way out. And they were really quiet, huh? I think we were louder. All right, so this morning, our reading comes from Matthew uh, Matthew 7, verses 12 through 14 and we invite you to follow along in everything do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow, and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Thanks be to God.
0: As our musicians move down, I want to invite us into a spirit of prayer. God, may the depth of your grace hold us as we gather in this moment. May your hope embolden us and may your love sustain us. May we open our hearts that we might listen deeply for the ways that you would guide our feet this day and all the days of our lives. Amen. Today is a, kind of a monumental day. not just because there's a Kansas City football game that they are marketing as the Super Bowl and wrapping it around a comeback tour for Rihanna. But today is a big day. Today is a big day, actually, because it marks the first Sunday that our daughter has been with her volleyball team on Sunday morning instead of here in the sanctuary for worship. I I felt that boo, I've I've booed that myself. Our daughter decided early in the fall that she wanted to play club volleyball. And she's 13 now. We've made it through all of these years without sports conflicts on Sunday mornings. And some of the families among us um, haven't made it quite that far. There are pastors all around that rail against what our family is doing today. I've been one of them. So has Linda. I can remember when Linda and Mark's kids, when we were first starting the table about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, their kids would sit in the sanctuary with soccer uniforms on, ready to go right from here out to a field. Our family actually spent a lot of time talking this through. Like, what does this mean for us? And in case any of you are wondering, I researched every club volleyball team all the way over to like Woodland, down to Galt, all the way out. There is not a single team that doesn't play on Sunday. So if you're looking, you can stop. I've already, I've checked it out. They don't exist. Club volleyball happens and it happens on Sunday. It happens a lot, actually. We made this choice but a lot of pastors, myself included, have named that, like, this is like the downfall of public worship, of church, families making choices that place God and community and, and church and worship together uh, second to these other things. After these long conversations, our daughter did actually try out for this team, and, and she made it. <laughs> Dang. And then we had to figure out what are we gonna do if games conflict with worship or with her commitment to watch over our children in love as one of our godly play teachers on Sunday mornings and we sat with each other at the dinner table like should we commit to this? Can we really be a volleyball family and practice our faith? And I don't actually think we really knew what we were quite getting into. These young people are so intense. We had practice last Sunday, not just for three hours, but then they came back on Monday and we got a text the morning of and they're like, be here at five instead of six and we're gonna practice until 8.30. That's a long time to practice. As I arrive into the space, we get to the volleyball court and Eleanor is out there getting ready with the other kids they are warming up and a person comes up to me and she's like, I think you're one of the pastors at our new church. I was like, maybe, my name is Matt, and we introduced ourselves. It turns out that this is actually nothing. Their child is practicing twice a week like this for three hours, but they're coming off of doing gymnastics where they did 25 to 30 hours a week after school. And then I thought, well, maybe volleyball is a really good choice after all. (laughs) A friend of ours was talking with our daughter, he's a teacher and a coach, and he's talking with our daughter about like commitment and about growing your skills and about learning to be on a team with others, and he sent us a, a video to share with our daughter, and it's a video that like encapsulates the intensity of moving from, like, I don't even remember, what they, rec sports to club sports, it's a, it's a golf, right, and it, this encapsulates that. It's a video that went viral. Some of you might have seen it. For those of us that uh, aren't paying attention to sports ball, this is a volleyball video. And this is from last year's NCAA championship tournament when a player on the University of Houston made this play that everyone thought was just incredible. So she plays a position that's called a, a libero, John, the fellow dads in the room who know volleyball or are learning volleyball. The libero is like a specialist. They come in to play in the back line, and they're like defensive specialists. So they tend to be a little bit maybe uh, smaller than some of the really tall volleyball players, but they specialize in coming in and being the defender to getting everything that goes their name is called a libero. So this is a video that we shared with our daughter to just kind of encapsulates the intensity of what's going on in this. So let's watch. This video went super viral over the weekend,
5: but I needed to take a deeper look. I needed to see the replays. It's South Dakota versus Houston in the NCAA volleyball tournament. And the star of the show is Kate Georgianis, the American Libero of the Year. And she plays for Houston, who's in the tournament for the first time in a while, facing off against South Dakota, trying to advance already on the ground once, trying to support her teammates. Alright, South Dakota goes for the big slam. Trying to get back in the game, but Kate's after it. Did she see the tables? No idea. Belly flops on top of them. They get it back over the net. Look at the side angle. Kind of pauses up. Floats down right onto the table. <laughs> oh my god. The chairs tumble. She tumbles. Everyone scurries out of the way. She's down. I love this. Her teammate looks back at her and then looks up. Realizes it's still in play. Big smile. Same with her. they They're like, are you okay? She's like, get out of the way. Runs back like a hero. Sees that it's still, that it works. She's like, oh my god smiles so proud of it and happy and she's like that was then she has to get back on her knees make another play back up the ball's still going they're rallying oh lambert on the other side digs it out digs it out again wow she put on a show too overlooked how about it and then up up and ooh, no slam little fake out what do they call that and anyway they hug and she's looking around like i cannot believe that happens. Like, let me catch my breath. The table, it's like the crime scene. They just like go to that. Like, let's look at what happened over here. And she's getting a big smile. She's like, Whoa, holy smokes. That was awesome. And it was. You got to see the reactions of everyone. So this, her teammate and that lady, she's like, ah. And then this woman reaches out for help and then quickly realizes, I can't offer any help. This guy's reaching for help real quick. Like, come here. I've got you. I've got you. His wife or the woman next to him screams in horror. Oh Ah. The kids on the left side, they're like, whoa, and this girl at the front, I don't know if she's protecting herself from like shrapnel coming up, or if she's protecting her, or she's just kind of feeling the fire. This guy does not uncross his legs or his arms. Why would he? Can't be bothered. And then she's just got the big old smile, which I think is the coolest part.
0: I just loved that video. I've watched it a few times. And I think that Jesus is actually coaching folks over these last three chapters to go play libero kind of like that. That's what's happening in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Jesus is like coach of coaches in this space. He wants us to actually dive over some tables to keep this rolling. He's like, you're going to be my libero. You're going to be my libero. You're all going to be our libero. Let's do this. And today we're at the end of this three-week worship series where we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, through the lens of Father Richard Rohr. And Father Rohr is inviting us to see how this Jesus' sermon turns over tables on customary religious traditions and the way we've been doing things. And it started with the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are are turning conventional values on their head. Blessings. Blessings that turn things upside down. Then last Sunday we focused on the Lord's Prayer and we set that in context of these almost two full chapters of, of Jesus saying, this is what you've heard. This is the trap that that moves us into. And this is the way forward. And now finally this morning, so like that first one to me, That first day, the Beatitudes, that's like when when Johnny arrives with the kids and they're stretching and they're conditioning for like that first 30 minutes of practice. And then it rolls into like two-a-days. Like these are drills. Like we're going to go and go and go. And the drills just keep happening all the way from Matthew 5.21 to 7.11. Drills, drills, drills. And then finally, today, Jesus comes to the end of this and says, game on. Now we're going to play game on. Let's play. Liberos, you're going in. And I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, so I do think we could, like, justify staying with the sports metaphor for the whole time. (laughs) But Father Richard actually makes it plain for non-sports ball folks, too. And so I want to share his version that might help the non-sports ball folks among us grapple with some of this. Father Richard writes, Like any good spiritual teacher, Jesus sums up his sermon by calling his listeners to a choice, an altar call, as the tent meetings would describe it. The options are set before us in a very clear and decisive fashion. Do you want the old world order, or do you want the new one that I have just described? In a few verses, he will describe a series of paired options, two roads, two kinds of prophecy, two kinds of disciples, and two kinds of houses. There is no room for any in-between in Matthew's formulation of the sermon. Decisiveness is clearly seen as crucial to faith. Unless there is an organizing principle, unless there is one Lord, we will be lost in our own small world of preferences, our own small world of interpretations and cultural moods. We have no choice, it seems. We must place our bet. We must surrender to another, or we will be subject to ourselves. Place your bet, Jesus says enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction and there are many who take it for the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life and there are few who find it i think that libero of the year from the university of houston was finding her way to that narrow gate father richard offers this kind of simplified summary to help us remember or reflect or hold what this alternative plan that Jesus has been teaching about in this sermon, Matthew 5-7, through is all about. God is a God who can be trusted. Like whatever you've heard, God is a God who can be trusted. A loving parent. Like whatever you've experienced, God is like a loving parent involved in our lives, so there's no reason to be afraid. And this God alone has the power, the power to affect lasting and real change. And the ways in which we align with that truth or live under it, the church, the followers of the way, call that the reign of God. Sometimes it's the kingdom, because we're living in a royal time, or the kingdom, to reimagine that. We're transformed to actually be part of that reign of that kingdom of God through this purifying move toward an embrace of powerlessness. We go into the powerlessness and find our life there and there alone. And Jesus talked about this and Jesus walked this. Jesus lived this, invited us through what the church calls the Paschal Mystery to do the same we heard echoes of it in Chloe's poem. And then in Carrie Newcomers, the only way through is in. And we all know that while that is the way, few of us find ourselves moving through that gate. Because unrefined power always exists around us and is a threat to powerlessness. It leads us into destruction and self-serving ways It's not worthy, says Father Richard, of our attention or of our loyalty, of our hope, but so often religion becomes enamored with it. The motivation for all morality, for all religion, says Father Richard, is the imitation of God. God who is love. And when religion bases itself on fear or duty or honor or law or any other way, ways of power, then its need to be this superior way or to gather together in cohesion is actually corrupted. And then religion becomes the very thing that God abhors. It happens over and over. This new world order, which Jesus invites us into, where love and power now work together, it is seen most often by Jesus in the form of a meal, a wedding banquet. Can you imagine a more generous space than a wedding banquet? The joy, the hope, the possibility, it's relational image, it's communal, it's shared, it's local and small and, and revolutionary all at the same time. This is the primary image Jesus gives to invite us to taste and see and be part of this reign of God. And Jesus teaches us to to listen into this, to, to learn the wisdom of this deep tradition by moving into quiet, reflective prayer and awareness about our own selves, our own bodies, our own hearts, our own minds, and our neighbors. To be together in what the church calls communal worship, that is rooted in a deep tradition and to rely not just then on the past or ourselves or one another, but on the spirit for guidance, guide my feet while I run this race. It's a wisdom that that draws out from its storehouse both the old and the new and calls all of us into a life of service to the suffering world. And that is the way of imitating God. It's my sense that that what Father Richard is talking about as Jesus trying to make plain in the Sermon on the Mount is what we are trying to share together in life together here at the table. This is at the heart of who we want to be and how we want to be together. It's a practical way to reflect together and to share our hopes for living out Jesus' alternative plan. We talk about it as rooted in grace. A reminder that the loving God, that loving parent can be trusted and we can root our lives in God's fierce love for the world. Instead of saving ourselves, we remember that Jesus embodies powerlessness and we place our hope in God's love for the world. It's bigger actually than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than us. And so we subject ourselves to the coach of all coaches by rooting our lives in that upside down good news of God's abiding love. When we share our deep commitments, we talk about the ways that we want to grow in faith. Coming together weekly to watch over one another in love sharing how it is with our souls and how we hold our life in conversation with the great commandment. And to do that is to practice a refusal of idolizing or idealizing the private self. The very act says no to that. And we're motivated in those spaces and we motivate others to live in ways that imitate God, God who is love. And we practice that. It's not something we do once and then we've checked it off a list. We keep doing it over and over, like those drills. Learning to more faithfully offer ourselves trustfully to a much larger pattern because our lives are not actually about us. We talk about that as reaching in love. It's our commitment to a life of service, to a suffering world, our way of trying to imitate God. This is putting our bodies on the line and diving over tables for those around us. And Jesus says, in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. As we share those deep commitments, we say giving generously. This is our commitment to live from places of abundance and joy. It's the new world order, an alternative plan where love and power are working together, imagined as a wedding banquet. Imagine the generosity expressed there. The table is Jesus' constant image for what this life is supposed to be all about. And Jesus seems to want us to actually place our butts there, to go all in for a world that is good, for a world that God loves For joy, which is all around us as we live in ways that are trustworthy to others and God, relational and communal and shared and somehow at the same time local and small and revolutionary at every step. That's Jesus's altar call. We've never had an altar call at the table. We're going to try one today. I don't know what image comes up for you when you imagine an altar call. Some of you just got really nervous, though. (laughs) That's all right. The musicians are going to help us out. Here's the deal with this altar call. You might be in a space where you need to just sit right where you are and to hold whatever is stirring inside of your heart and body today. You might be in a place where you actually need to pray with somebody. You might be in a place where you need to go to the waters of God's baptism and love to just be reminded that God is never going to stop loving you. You might need to find some space here in this communal way to pray and to light a candle for that. You might be called to practice being part of that wedding banquet, that feast by, by joining together in communion. You might be led to jump over a pew and knock it down like that libero did. You don't have to be. But you might. Amen.
1: Oh. You're so funny.
6: <laughs> There's no uh, crash pads back here, just so you know if you're watching. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't do volleyball. Um. I do go to my little CrossFit box though and um, I I came out of the CrossFit box this week I thought I had parked there but I didn't so I came out I'm like oh, where am I where is my car um, and I, I feel that I'm close to capacity because I just did all this exercise and, and there's this woman there who walked out also and i said i don't know where my car is and and she said me either <laughs> so we, we sort of stood there but then here's what i'm really reason i'm really saying this and this is the transition okay <laughs> okay <laughs> is uh, i said i don't usually go out this door or come in it though so i don't know what i was doing and she said well, I always come in this door, so I don't have to be around all of you fit people. And I, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> who is she talking about? <laughs> I, and I just looked at her. And the reason I'm saying all of that long thing because I'm a four, and I have to tell you all that backstory, but is because she made all these assumptions about me in that moment that I was one of the fit people. Um, And and maybe I am in that I just show up. I show up as much as I can, and I do what I can do. Um, And so I say all that because whoever's in this room assuming that everyone in here already knows what they're gonna say, where they're gonna go, they've got this all figured out, it's not true. Right It's not true. What we are are people showing up. Amen. right? That's who we are, and we're showing up with God and with each other. So Matt said all of the places you can move. You've probably forgotten all that, um, but we'll help you. Don't worry. And Brendan and the musicians will play. And before we do that, we're going to have communion, sure. right, right. And so before we do that, we're going to pause for prayer, a spoken, aloud prayer. The church has named this a prayer of confession. And I invite you, if you are in spirit willing and able to rise for this. And we're going to say it in one voice.
7: God of healing and justice, we too often settle for the old world order. We get lost in our own small preferences. We resist surrendering to your love. We come to hear your sermon on the mount, but we pass on responding to your altar call. Forgive us, we pray.
6: Hear and trust these words of reminder and assurance. God has called all of us through the narrow gate. God's love for the world will guide our feet always. God sees you and you and you and you. God knows you. God loves you. So may this truth, may this knowing be felt among all of us this day and every day. Let the people shout amen. Amen.
0: Friends, I invite us to join together in the call and response that is the church's practice for recognizing the belovedness of God in each and every neighbor around us. May the peace of Christ be with you.
6: And also with you. And let us pray together the words Jesus shared so long ago boldly with his disciples as they have been passed on and paraphrased in the New England, New Zealand prayer group. Eternal spirit,
7: Earth-maker, pain-bearer, life-giver, source of all that is and that shall be. Father and mother of us all, loving God in whom is heaven. The hallowing of your name echoes through the universe. The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the earth. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, spare us. From From the the grip grip of of all that that is evil, free us. For for you reign in the glory of the power power that is love,
6: now now and and
7: forever. forever. Amen.
0: Pour your spirit, God, upon each of us gathered here and those connecting from varied places. Pour your spirit upon these gifts before us. Make this your body and your love. Make us, through the sharing of this banquet feast, your love alive in the world. Amen. Amen.
6: You may be seated. All are welcome at the table of God's love, and when we say all, we mean all. We encourage all of us who are at home or wherever you are hearing and joining us from to gather together for yourself your bread and your juice in whatever form that you have chosen We hope you too at home will join us in this time of altar call and prayer by taking time to discern for yourself what are your next steps. God is calling all of us, whether we are in this room or connected through online to um, make some choices today if we are so willing. And if you are brave, and you are online, you can share that in the chat. Chloe is with you so that you might have that sense of community that we have here in body, in word, and in our chat. For those of us here in the sanctuary, just a reminder, we're going to have communion out of doors and you can find your way there. Um, I don't think Sarnit has to direct you. I think people can go as they are willing. We will have prayer up here with two of our spiritual leaders. Maybe you all come up, Becca and Sandra, come up here. And then Matt and I will be at the baptismal font. For those of us who might like to talk about baptism, renew our baptismal covenant.
0: And there are always places around the sanctuary to pray and to light candles. Friends, this is the bread of life and the body of Christ broken for you, and the cup of God's love and forgiveness poured out for all. those praying with others and those gathering at the waters those praying with candles to stay for just as long as you desire God may the depths of your love be held in our own hearts and bodies and lives in this moment may your love for the world then become the way that we imitate and follow may we find ourselves making a choice to align with your plan your hopes your new world order. May our lives be woven in the threads of your grace and lived for the suffering world you so love. Amen, amen, amen. We want to encourage you to continue wondering about what next steps God might have in store for you. Many of us choose to make gifts to help our community align with God's love for the world. We give generously through what we call deep commitments, and we do that online here in the sanctuary, and there are ways to text that as well. Some of you might be called to take a next step and join... Um, a Growing in Faith series, which is coming up just in the next few weeks. Some of you may want to reconnect. Chris is around, and we would be happy to talk more if you desire to reconnect with the kitchen table. We would love to just listen for the ways that God might be stirring in your heart. Our musicians are going to help us this morning go out in song, which sings of what it is like to live a life in that wedding banquet place of joy. This is our music team sharing Jubilee. I invite you to stand as you're willing and able.
7: See the morning coming in the rise. Jubilee, jubilee. It's shining brighter than the sun in the sky. Jubilee, jubilee. i
0: Go from this place called by God into a moment of choice, of decision, of how your life might be lived in imitation of God. God who is love, God who is healing every suffering place in our world, God who longs for you to take that next step. Go in God's peace.
7: Amen. try right, right. to